Hello from the Financial Times in London. I'm Shona Jenkins and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the stories that matter. Last week's UK general election saw Boris Johnson lead the Conservative Party to its biggest victory in over 30 years. Instantly, the value of the pound and UK stocks jumped. Now that election excitement has died down, we take a look at what to expect from the new government. Here to discuss this with me are George Parker, political editor, and Adam Sampson, head of Fast FT. Let's start with Brexit. Given that Get Brexit Done was the Tory campaign slogan, will the UK be leaving the EU at the end of January? And what will that actually mean, George? Well, certainly the expectation is that Britain will leave on the 31st of January and the Get Brexit Done slogan served Boris Johnson extremely well in the campaign. It captured, I think, the mood of the country that whether you were on the Remain or the Leave side of the debate, there was a bit of a sense that the three and a half years of agony, political agony, since the referendum result had to be drawn to an end. And he has now got an 80-seat majority, which will allow him to deliver his withdrawal bill and to complete the first stage. And it's important to stress the first stage of Brexit on the 31st of January. Then, of course, we get into the much more complicated and the real negotiation, which is about the future relationship, the future trading relationship between Britain and the EU. And some people predict that will be even harder and potentially even messier than the first part. So when will Britain finally leave the EU in that case? Well, we legally leave on the 31st of January. But then the question is, at what point do we leave the so-called transition period, the standstill arrangement, where effectively Britain remains part of the same EU trading system under the European Court of Justice and all the rest of it until a final agreement is in place. Now, Boris Johnson has said this week that he will leave on the 31st of December 2020, come what may. And indeed, he's going to put uh, legislation or clause into his withdrawal bill that will make it illegal for him to seek an extension of the transition period beyond December 2020. Now, lots of people doubt whether a really serious trade deal can be negotiated in such a short space of time. I suspect if there is a trade deal in place by that point, it will be a fairly thin one, mainly covering goods, mainly covering things like tariffs and quotas, but not the fully-fledged future relationship that we've been promised. And then the second question is, if Boris Johnson's determined to have this new relationship in place on the 1st of January 2021, is it practically possible to have all of the systems in place, including a new customs system, new checks, new border posts, a new immigration system potentially, all within the space of 12 months? I think that makes a, an heroic assumption about the ability of Whitehall and indeed businesses to make that kind of big adaptation in such a short space of time. And could this also be a rocky time for British unity? The SNP in Scotland is pushing for a second referendum on Scottish independence and Northern Ireland's position could become more precarious as it becomes the border between the EU and the UK. Well, indeed. I mean, that's one of the ironies of this whole Brexit process, that in taking Britain out of the European Union, is Boris Johnson unstitching the United Kingdom? Of course, Scotland and Northern Ireland both voted very strongly to remain part of the European Union. The fact that there's a resentment north of the border in Scotland about Brexit has uh, created a situation where 48 out of the 59 seats in Scotland went to the Scottish National Party, which wants a second independence referendum in Scotland. Boris Johnson has said no so far, but it doesn't take that much imagination to conceive that Scotland could become a bit like Catalonia with a grievance festering, people demanding the right to have another say on their future. And in the case of Northern Ireland, as you mentioned, Shona, the deal that Boris Johnson has struck will leave Northern Ireland effectively within the economic space of the European Union, in the customs union, all but name, and the single market. Therefore, with a border 
between the mainland of Great Britain and Northern Ireland for the first time. And again, you know, people in Northern Ireland will be looking to Dublin or Brussels to protect their interests as far as the economy is concerned, rather than London. It's obvious that's unravelling the union to a certain extent. Boris Johnson calls himself the Minister of the Union. That's the title he gave himself after he became Prime Minister. But that's going to be a big job for him in number 10 to try to keep the union of the UK together whilst at the same time leaving the European Union. Now, the Conservative manifesto sketched out plans for constitutional change. So what differences can we expect to see? Well, there's a a slightly strange page 48, which has acquired a slight infamy in, uh, in politics, where it talks about a whole range of constitutional changes, whether it's the future of the House of Lords or the relationship between Parliament and the Supreme Court, which, of course, famously became very heavily involved in British politics in the autumn and stopped Boris Johnson closing down Parliament at a crucial moment in the the Brexit process. So there's a lot of unspoken intent there about doing something about changing the system, if you like. And Boris Johnson's chief advisor, Dominic Cummings, is basically a revolutionary who thinks the British system is bust. He thinks that the Brexit vote illustrated that distance that had grown up between many parts of the UK, left behind Britain, if you like, and the elite that run the country, whether it's in the media or the courts or the politicians. And he wants to turn it all on its head. Now, how far he gets on this mission is an open question. There's going to be a review of the constitutional setup in the country, which will take at least a year. And it'll be interesting to see how far Boris Johnson's prepared to go down that route. But certainly, there's a real energy and almost a revolutionary zeal about the people around Boris Johnson in number 10. And within government, a new business department and changes to foreign aid are on the cards. What are these going to look like? Well, that's the other thing that Dominic Cummings, Mr Johnson's advisor, wants to do. He previously worked as an advisor in Whitehall. He thinks that basically the British civil service is um, pretty hopeless. He thinks they tolerate failure. There's lots of blame passing, no reward for imaginative thinking. And he wants to turn the British system on its head as well. And you know, one of the things that traditionally Britain is proud of is the fact it has a permanent civil service which carries on doing the job even when there's a change of government. Very different, of course, to the American system where you have a complete sea change in Washington every four years potentially. But uh, Dominic Cummings has said in the past he thinks that civil servants should be fired if they do a bad job. They generally have a job for life at the moment. And he's also talking about a big change in the number of government departments. So you mentioned there are two of the most interesting ones. One is the idea of folding into the Foreign Office the Department of International Development, which has a very big budget, £13 billion. Boris Johnson thinks that could be better deployed inside the Foreign Office as part of a wider global Britain foreign policy and business policy. And the other one is the idea of turning the business department into a much bigger department covering international trade, for example, almost like a Department of Economic Affairs, pushing this agenda that Boris Johnson has of trying to push wealth out of the prosperous southeast of the UK out to the North and the Midlands. Now, if I can turn to you, Adam, how has the business community reacted to this conservative victory? Sure. So business confidence was very, very subdued for a while, for like a year and a half in the run up to this election over Brexit, over the gridlock. So I think the community breathed a collective sigh of relief, at least that Boris Johnson has a decisive victory. He has a majority. He can push things through. A lot of business leaders are using the phrase clarity on policy that kind of thing. It also averts a no-deal outcome, at least in the very, very short term over the next several months. So I think that was all seen as a positive. 
However, I think there are many longer-term doubts as far as what this is going to look like. George, you mentioned earlier that it's very unclear as to whether there's going to be another cliff-edge Brexit in you know, a few months from now. So I think while people are cautiously optimistic in the business community at the moment, there's a lot of doubts about what this looks like in the longer run. So what will the new government mean for business? Can we expect to see a pent-up tidal wave of investment after Brexit, as Boris Johnson has promised? So economists have said there may be a short-term boost in investment that's just been, like you said, pent-up, you know, in the months of gridlock and over Brexit concerns. And it may be that that boosts growth in the short run as well, maybe over the next few quarters early next year. But again, there's a lot of doubt as to what exactly the economy looks like going into the end of next year, whether we have a rerun of exactly this drama that we saw over the past few months taking place again. And there's just the economic forecast is shrouded in doubt at the moment, I would say. And what has been the reaction to the election in the markets? So the market reaction has been quite interesting. Sterling shot up more than 2% after the exit poll on Thursday night, a really big rise for a currency like the pound. The next day, UK markets were up substantially, especially domestic-facing stocks. So home builders, certain banks, companies that were at risk of nationalization from Jeremy Corbyn's plans. But what we've seen after that is a significant fall back in the pound. In fact, the pound's now given up all of its gains from after the election outcome over those doubts about what exactly Brexit's going to look like. And I think specifically this idea that there may be a cliff-edge Brexit looming now at the end of 2020 and just, you know, these persistent doubts about what Boris Johnson's political plans will be. We still have uncertainty going forward, it looks like. It seems like there's deep uncertainty among investors and business executives. Well, thanks, George, and thank you, Adam, and thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you missed our latest episodes on China's removal of foreign tech from government offices, murder and corruption in Malta, and Paul Volcker's legacy, you can subscribe and listen on all the usual podcast platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode of FT News in Focus, rate us or leave a comment on your podcast provider. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.